I mean, I take it all back. <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Main Dish Podcast. Welcome, welcome. This is Miley. And Mandy. And we are your co-hosts for the podcast. Hi. Hi. How are you on this super hot, sweaty day? Oh, I know. I'm uh, wet and dry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm wet because of the sweat, and then I'm dry because of the dry heat. Okay, okay. I guess I'm wet and dry, too. I'm probably (laughs) more wet than you. Oh, I just, I'm a sweater Mm. by nature. Mm -hmm, Like I'm just mm -hmm. sweatier person. Yeah. I carry deodorant with me. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I covered myself in deodorant and, um, like, uh, what's it called? Like talcum powder today. Oh, I've never used that before. You like it? Um, I'm trying it out. Oh, okay. Let me know how it It's like the Honest Company, Jessica Alba. Mm -hmm. So it's all vegan and no, nothing nasty and gross in it. And I don't know. Give it a whirl. See what happens. Maybe it'll absorb some of my wetness. (laughs) (laughs) no one else is absorbing it these days uh what is uh new and good with you mandy um i mean it's been so hot that i really haven't wanted to do anything the last few days sorry just weather report for phoenix it's like five thousand degrees every day we're on day five of over like 115 i think it's tough but um I don't know. I'm basically like eating fruit and frozen smoothie bowls. Like it's my job this week. And uh, I'm, I'm like on a mission also to lose like the four COVID pounds that I gained in the last year. So I feel like that's probably a good thing. And then. Good for you. Yeah. I'm trying to teach my body. I read some articles. I've got my fitness pal downloaded. I'm doing all my food tracking. So like counting everything that I'm eating, trying not to like let sneaky like sneak extra calories like sneak in Mm -hmm. in places and I'm pretty good like honestly I probably only eat like 1500 calories a day and I don't feel like I'm modifying my diet at all anyways um yeah changing up my workouts a little bit I don't know stay tuned I'll let you know if it works yeah yeah yeah. I'll let you know if my my mad scientist shit works but other than that like reading books we talked about I started the seventh book for Bridgerton I finished it and now I'm like halfway into eight so by the time people hear this in a day or a couple days whatever it is uh I will be done with it I'll be 10 books into 2021 Ooh! oh my gosh I'm so proud of you I admire that about you that is awesome I don't know if it's admirable. <laughs> it is to me. It is to me. So no, don't don't undermine or under minimize that. That's incredible. Good I think you. keeping your mind active. Yeah, um, that's awesome. I mean, I'm not minimizing the fact that I'm reading. I'm just I'm like, is it more that I'm enjoying the reading, or am I just like I like that little obsessive part of my brain is like, well, it's there, and I'm partway into it, so I just need to finish it. Yeah. So that's a little bit of it. So I decided I will put out some Instagram stories on our account and ask people for recommendations for, I want fiction. I can't read nonfiction, which we've discussed ad nauseum. Yeah. Did you ever finish getting sexy back? Taking sexy back? Yeah. No, I I think I might buy it again on Audible. Oh. (laughs) Because I I just, I struggle with those books reading a man. It is, if I'm looking for something to put me to sleep, it's perfect. And that's, and that's not mm-hmm. even a knock on the content. It's good content, but it doesn't excite my brain in the ways that fiction does. 
And I even get tired reading fiction books, but it's like, I mean, it's seriously three minutes and I'm out. Yeah, me too. With nonfiction. So yeah, I know. I'll put up some asks for stories, get some screenshots going and maybe have people vote and tell Ooh. us what they've read, what they liked. Mm, I like the sound of that. But yeah, I'm just really just hanging out. I'm not even hanging out at the pool because it's too hot. It has been. What about you? I know a little bit of flying, but it's hot out for flying. Yeah. <sighs> So I haven't uh, really flown much. I've done like two hours the last four weeks because of, you know, the issues that we've already discussed. But this last weekend I was flying and it was rough for me. So I have not been putting in the hours to study. So I got to get back on it and I got to work on it. So working on that. And um, I was in Austin last week as well for a dental business meeting. How that was, was Austin? It was hot and humid. And the <laughs> moment I got there, I wanted to come back home. You Even can't. if it is 115 degrees here, I'd rather 115 and dry than 90 and wet. You just can't get away from this dry, hot, wet, mm -hmm. sticky. I mean, this is a different kind of wet. It's like a wet that's going to evaporate. Yeah. Whereas the wet in Austin was like sticky. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I was just like, oh, and then... I don't know. It's clammy. When my skin is clammy, Ooh. I just can't. Ugh. So dirty. Uh, but, you know, it was really sad. Uh, there was a shooting there, actually, while I was there in Austin. It happened a block away from where I was staying. Thankfully, I was safe in my hotel room sleeping. But, uh, you know, sending all of uh, my love and my condolences to the families. Uh, I believe 13 people were sent to the hospital critical in critical condition. And then a couple of days later, one of them had passed away. That so. same thing just happened here. Yep. It just happened um, yesterday, yesterday. Because And I was like North Phoenix, Scottsdale. I was Glendale. two blocks away from they shut down the freeway of where it was happening. Mm -hmm. And I was at the Glendale Airport and it happened like right there. And I was like, yeah. My God! There was a couple of shootings so yesterday. Sad. They think they're related, and one person has passed on, and about the same number of people I think have been wounded. So, I don't know what's happening out there. Y'all need to settle. Yeah, like, settle. There's just, no reason no, for this. It's, it's unacceptable. It's like uh, I don't even unthinkable. Like I don't imagine. I don't even understand what's going on. It's fucked in the head, and these are the people that yeah. shouldn't have guns. That's it. Exactly. So, but yeah, that's you know enough of a downer. Um, I'm looking forward to a weekend where um, hopefully we're going to get some pool time and um, I'm going to hopefully catch up. I got rid of 2,000 emails in the last uh, two days, so I'm Shut really excited up. that I have gone from 3,000 to 1,000 emails <laughs> in my inbox. I was going to ask what the number was. That's amazing. I mean... I, it's better than 2,000 out of 10. Yeah. So like, I mean, you got like 66% of yeah. the way done. So I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good and I'm looking forward to uh, a great week, weekend ahead. So yeah. Do you want to know my email count right now? It's what? 10? It was like 32. I know. I'm so. I, it was, that's uh, really good for me. I'm uh, going to get it even lower. Oh my goodness gracious. Swear. I'm getting it under 20. I don't think I've ever been that. I was <laughs> at 29. <laughs> I was at 29. And then they creep back up to like 70. I mean, this is like daily battle, right? No, like, no. But I'm going to get there. I, I get will. like hundreds a day. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I will get there. And I have been unsubscribing spending. a lot. Same, girl, same. If I could unsubscribe to people at my work, I would. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> could I just unsubscribe from any uh, emails from this person? That would be great. Thanks. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, what about, so can I make a suggestion? Uh, yeah, go ahead. I've been wanting guitar updates. And if it's too oh. hot to fly, I'm wondering yeah. if we're going to mm -hmm. get some guitar updates. So I kind of, I have not been doing guitar, thanks for remembering, but I haven't been doing any guitar for the last 
month or two. Okay. (laughs) But I have, well, one of the guitars that I was practicing at my casita went uh, kind of like the, the, it was off tune. So we had to fix it and it's been fixed. And I, I just got it back earlier this week. So I'm looking forward to picking it back up again. I also started voice lessons with my girl, Demi Bang. She asked if I could teach her some voice stuff. So, um, I've done three weeks with her one hour a week and, uh, you know, I, I really miss singing. And so it's so nice to have someone to sing with and kind of help somebody along the way as well. So picking that up and learning, like relearning how to play or plunk, actually plunk piano to help. Mm -hmm. So that's really fun. And uh, yeah, so doing a little bit of everything, trying to um, fill my life with joy and happiness. I hope everyone's trying to do that. If people think Demi Bang is a familiar name, it's mm-hmm. because she was on this uh, the podcast a while ago. I don't know the number, but it's telling your story as an influencer. So you can scroll back on our yeah. um, playlist on Spotify or on the website at the main dish or at the main dish on podcast. The main oh my gosh, the main dish dot com. Yes, www.themaindishpodcast.com yeah. oh, yeah. or at The Main Dish Podcast on Instagram. We know or, who we are, we promise. Yeah, I swear. Go to Spotify, just Google The Main Dish Podcast. Find a little yellow <laughs> ring with a microphone. That's us. That's us. <laughs> and then scroll down to you see Telling Your Story as an Influencer with Demi Bang and you'll hear about what, you know, how she rakes in cash on the side as an influencer. Yeah, yeah. I'd be interested to hear her saying she has a really cute speaking voice. She does. People tell me I have a nice voice like on the phone you and do. things like that, but I can't sing for shit. Really? So I'm... Who who said that? Me. See, you should have someone who knows how to <laughs> sing. Listen and then give you feedback. Go ahead. No, I'm good. <laughs> Mic's on you, girl. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> One day, one day. People can't see me, but every time I lean, I lean back and then I lean into the microphone, I open my mouth and then I just go, no. (laughs) Uh, Well, but but uh we have a good episode for people coming up today. I was going to say it's a, I think it's a really good episode. We haven't done a duet episode in a while. I know. So it's kind of nice. Just us. Just, uh, just the two, just the two of us i don't know how to i don't know the melody do you we know we can make it if we try yeah yeah look it's at like that i got you to sing oh <laughs> that, that was not singing. that totally made my day well if oh, people- i love you so much thank you so much mandy for singing i sang like four words in the last episode too it's in his kiss oh right because right, i talked yeah, about see? the book i i love it i snuck it in there um if y'all listened to last week's episode, you heard us chatting with Elijah Palace. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one of the questions we asked him at the very end was about advice he would give his younger self. Oh, yeah. And that's what this episode is all about. Yeah. Miley and I talking to our younger selves and maybe anyone out there who, you know, might also benefit from hearing things we would tell our younger selves. Like maybe you find some little uh, nuggets in there that would apply to you. Yeah. I mean, life, I would like to think is too short. And so we can't make all the mistakes and, and there's not enough time to learn everything. So one of my favorite things is sharing lessons that we have learned, uh, sharing those with the others. And, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't live a life of regrets, but damn, there are some things I would have worried less about had I known Mm -hmm. how little they would actually matter. And that's what I, this was about for me. Yeah. You know, we should consider doing an episode of what we would tell our future selves. Ooh. Yeah, follow up. I feel like I kind of do that every day. So I'm I'm oh, kind of yeah. into the idea of it though. Yeah. Like but it's like mantras. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. What Be- things I would tell my future husband. No. Or, ah, or yes. husband or romantic partner. Things I would tell a future romantic yeah. partner. Yeah. I like it. 
Ooh, I'm into mm. it. All right. Well, we hope you enjoy. And as always, thank you so much for listening and hanging out with us. Happy Pride. Oh, yeah. We haven't recorded together in a while, and I forgot how we start off. We just start. We just start. Yeah. Okay. Well, today's episode is going to be thoughts and advice to our younger selves. Yes. Because I'm calling me and I'm asking. Bitch. Oh, yeah. I thought I thought you were going to say, I'm calling me out for you oh. know how I was in my 20s and kind of giving myself some advice if I had known better. Okay. That's another way to look at it. I was more like, because I'm calling me, and up, me up and I'm like, hey. You know, or like, you know, I have a younger sister. There's a lot of younger people mm-hmm. around me. It's like. We're not even younger people. People that are maybe, early, you know, they're not in terms of like age wise, but similar path. But they're kind of someone you're mentoring mm-hmm. or they are going down something or experiencing something that you've already gone through. And uh, you can it- give them advice. If you're interested in hearing some of the things that I would have done differently Mm -hmm. and Miley would have done differently in our slightly younger selves, not that we're not young right now, don't you dare say it. This is the podcast for you. Yeah. Maybe some of those things will resonate with you. I hope they do. I hope so too. And I think also this was a great exercise to kind of reflect too, right? Mm -hmm. We're rarely big on being able to develop your skills in not only self-reflection, but self-awareness, because that is one of the best ways that you can continue to challenge yourself, continue to grow and uh, be better, do better. There's always that like, if I would have known then Mm -hmm. what I know now, right? So it's along the vibe of that. It's kind of like, I mean, I know I can't go back and yeah. And part of it is if we weren't where we were then, we wouldn't know what we know now kind of thing as well. And so it's just, a, again, a great exercise to also evaluate how far you've come along and be grateful for that. Because, again, if we weren't lacking the information at that time, we may not have learned it now or by now or where we are now or it wouldn't have gotten us to where we are today. I agree 100 percent. So do you want to get started with one piece of advice that you'd like to give to your younger self? Yes. So, okay, I'll start. It's great. Thanks. And Thank you're you Mandy. For the, Thank you for the invitation. This is Mandy. Um, the biggest one that came up for me when we talked about doing this episode, and it's something that I actually tell a lot of people, or I don't say a lot, like I don't, I'm not screaming it from the rooftops, but I will tell people who are thinking about it, talking about it in that in that um, arena, I guess would be a good word. Don't get married until. Oh, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> you're like ever. I was like, period. Is yeah. that a period there? No. There's a pause, and I didn't know. <laughs> Do not get married until you're at least thirty. You hear me, ladies? At least thirty. Honestly, even now, I would probably say thirty-five, but. 30 is like the minimum. You just, first of all, your frontal lobe is not done developing till 26, 27. And for men, that could be even slower. You don't have proper decision-making skills. And I know you feel grown. I know you feel like an adult. If you're listening and you're under 30, I know you feel like a grown-ass person and you can make your own decisions and you're smart and you got your shit together and all the la 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 la. So did I. However... You, like, in hindsight, you have so little 
actual experience on this planet. And under 30, you really don't have that much for romantic relationship or the capacity to even understand what it means to be an adult all by yourself for a few years before you decide to become an adult with a person forever. I mean, marriages aren't, you know, but no one goes into marriage thinking like, I'm going to get divorced anyways. It's fine. So like, I know you feel grown. I know you feel like you got your shit together. I know you're like, I graduated college. I got my degree. I got a good job. This is the next step. Oh, this is it. It's like the societal pressures and it's like what people tell you you should do and what you've seen happen before. And it just seems like you're supposed to join in this, this Mm -hmm. rat race too. Like you're already in the rat race at the job and the college and blah, blah, blah. And now you're supposed to join in this rat race of marriage. And it's like, A, you don't have to do that. If it doesn't resonate with you, don't. But B, all I'm saying is wait. You're not going to look back and go, gosh, I wish I'd gotten married sooner. I really wish I hadn't got to experience so much life on my own. You're never going to say that. No one's ever going to, no one's ever going to think that. No one's ever going to, you're going to go, geez, I wish I hadn't spent a summer in Europe all by myself having sex with like hot Europeans. No, no one ever says that. I totally resonate with this and I may not have been married during my twenties, but I was in a relationship from the age of 22 to 31 and it was very similar to a marriage without the wedding and the piece of paper involved. Right. (laughs) But I, you know, what I've come to learn is your twenties is such a special time for you to learn about yourself, to grow. Like Mandy said, you know, there's so much you don't know about life, about living, about yourself, about who you are, about what your values are, what's important to you, what makes you happy, what doesn't make you happy, what do you like, what do you not like, what interests do you have? And 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 it's such an important time where you're developing and growing. And I think oftentimes the best time to do that is when you're not with like attached to someone, right? Like when you are able to do that as an individual, because I think one of the things that after I had ended my relationship, I mean, it was a, a, there were many great things about that relationship and that relationship helped me throughout a lot of different uh, things that went on through that time. But I also felt like I didn't have a good sense of myself as an individual. And I've learned so much and have grown so much in the last few years that I've not been in a relationship. And, and sometimes I wonder if I had not been in such a committed, very marriage-like relationship, I may have developed a stronger sense of intuition about like my own voice or my own gut feeling. Because while I was growing during my 20s with someone, my gut depended a lot on that relationship. My, my intuition was kind of attached to someone else as well as we were both growing. It's always with that other person in right. mind, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then something else that you had mentioned uh, earlier, Mandy, is, uh, you know, not feeling that pressure to be with someone, right? I think, uh, you know, if if whoever you're with is the right person for you, whether you get married at 22 or 32 or 40, if that's the right person, you'll still be together at yeah. 35, at 40, at 50. So do you really need that piece of paper and that marriage commitment? Like there's still, you know, I think the whole message is not to um, forget that you are an individual and that you have, like, it is a great time during your 20s to learn and grow yourself. And you are still worthy. Mm -hmm. You are a whole person. You are amazing and you're 
I, I'm trying to think of another word. It's like, it's more than just that you're worth it, but like you are enough. There you yeah. go. You are enough yes. all on your own, mm-hmm. regardless of what society or parents, grandparents, aunties, uncles, cousins, whoever might be doing their own thing all around you and wanting you to join into. You know what? Misery loves company. And that's why married people always pressure other people to get married. <laughs> I, I never... <laughs> Well, actually, you know, sometimes I do, I do hear that from other people that, you know, that, that I do hear comments like that. I swear. I'm always like married people pressure other people to get married because misery loves company. They're like, come on, dude, it's not so bad. <laughs> and like, then the second you get married, they're just like, when are you going to have babies? They're like, yeah, because they just want to fuck you up as much as they can. Bro. Well, but it's also like society, right? Like it's like, if you have your shit together, you know, you yes. go to college, you get your degree, you get that job. Uh, supposedly the next step is marriage. And then after marriage, it's kids and in a baby and then carriage. You die. And, <laughs> and so like my, I think, you know, if marriage is the thing for you and it resonates with you, great. I, I hope that we're not coming off as preachy, but I think our message is don't forget that you are an individual without marriage and that you are enough and that marriage does not determine your value or your worth. And you don't have to feel the pressure that you have to obtain marriage in order to be valuable. Right. In order to, um, you know, meet some kind of life milestone. Exactly. Thank you. That was a great way, a a, a very good add on, like addendum, like another, like add on to that is that's perfect. Like I did get married at 21. So I'm not telling you something that I'm not just pulling this out of nowhere. I'm just saying, take your time. Like if I didn't get married at 21 and I had rode that relationship out a couple more years, I would have known I did. I knew I didn't want to marry this person at that time. But if I'm positive that I'd I'd ridden that relationship out another two years, it would have ended just like it did anyways. And then I wouldn't have had to go through a fucking divorce. It wasn't that big of a deal. It was very amicable. It wasn't a terrible thing, but like, why put yourself through that? Just wait. Like you said, I actually wrote that down. It's so funny that you said that. I wrote, if that relationship is worth it, it'll still be there in a few years. So like- So take the time. Just take your time. There's no rush. Like stop rushing into like the end. Right. We talked about this exact topic, I think a little bit before in like a dating episode, I think where I'm always like, or where I I found myself in old patterns, um, old relationship patterns, like examining them, finding myself like, okay, so we've been dating for a couple weeks. So now we're exclusive and then we're dating and then we're labeled this and then we're this. And it's like, and then you like in your brain, you like imagine the end and you just hurry up and go there. Like, you don't have to do that. You can just like take your time. Enjoy the time. (laughs) Yeah. And just like have fun. And if it's not fun, then thank God you're not getting married. Exactly. Uh, So take your time, get to know yourself, get to know the other person. And I also have found that it, you're going to learn a lot more about yourself as you allow someone else to know about you. And that journey is fun. It's enlightening, but it takes time. And again, you don't need to feel like you have to rush, but you also want to make sure that the time that you're using is going to contribute to, you know, a valuable, you know, for lack of a better term, like end result, right? Which is if you're going to marry this person, make sure you spend that time to get to know them and make sure that, they're right for, you know, they're, they're, you and them are compatible with purpose, with purpose. Like, right? yeah. yeah, you're not just date. We've talked about this too. It's like, I'm not just dating to fuck around. I'm not just trying to figure out your favorite yeah. restaurant. Who cares? <laughs> I mean, I yeah. care, but like dating isn't just like, what's your favorite restaurant? What's your favorite color? How many siblings do you have? Dating is like the deep down, messy, yeah. ugly, mm-hmm. 
trials and errors and traumas and what triggers you and here's what triggers me and And then what do you do when you're both you know when either one of you is triggered like what happens after that like yeah you do get triggered then what yeah exactly how are you going to react to that you have to figure out you have to be on this planet for a certain amount of time before you are able and it's the rare person like i'm i've not met many people who are like 25 and under or 28 and under who are like have that much emotional intelligence to where they can really handle those big curveballs that come at you in life like you start to get to a certain age and like family friends and family members start to die and then there's like big things happening in family dynamics and it's like you just need to be on the planet a little while to really get some things under your belt and really get certain perspectives experience life and you don't experience life until you start living it yeah and sometimes again it takes time and you don't want to be rushing like yes 20s enjoy that time I think so I was divorced at 25 and some change just before I turned 26 and then I went buck wild because I didn't get to do it when I was 21 so then I like then I had to sort of live my 20s almost in reverse like the second half of my 20s were like more wild and carefree and like figuring me out like you said at the end of your relationship at 31 you're like now I'm like You've said this in a podcast, like I'm dancing with the music way up. I'm singing yeah. at 7, 6 a.m. in the morning and the music's blasting and I'm taking a shower and I'm singing and I'm going to CrossFit and I'm doing all these things that like you just didn't know you liked because you never had, you, you were never able to give yourself a chance to figure it out until then. And I'm just saying, let yourself do that shit before you tie down, like live on your own, be single, then get married if you want. Mm-hmm. If you don't want, fuck it, don't. I like it. Thank you. That's a great piece of advice. That's my my big one. That's like the first thing that came to mind. And I tell people that all the time. Oh, the other thing when my sister got um, proposed to when she was younger by someone, I was like, you are not marrying this person. <laughs> it was like her high school boyfriend. He was just, no, it's not, not a good situation. But I was like, I literally told her, just because someone asks doesn't mean you have to say yes. Because mm. I wish someone had told that to me. Yeah. So I want to put that thought in your ear. And if you needed to hear it, if it resonates with you today, great. But just because I just want you to remember that just because someone asks doesn't mean you have to say yes. You're an autonomous person and you get to make the decision. Very good piece of advice. Like That's like a twofer. You gave two pieces of advice in one. <laughs> <laughs> but that last piece of advice actually can can be translated across the board. So just many. because someone asks you to do something or help them with something or, you know, you don't have to say yes. And that's something I'm personally learning. I, I think say, a lot of us are though. Uh, I was going to say that must be that. That's what that brings up for you. That's very interesting. Yeah. Like for, for, for those people who are people pleasers or people who like to help or people like to, um, you know, feel like they feel obligated or responsible or, or whatnot. Like, and when people ask you, you can say no. <laughs> mm-hmm. I wrote an Instagram post today, but I don't, I don't know if I left this part in there, but I was like, no is a complete sentence, <laughs> which grammatically yeah. speaking, it's not, but it is. Yeah. It can be all you have to say. You can just say yeah. no. You don't have to give somebody a million reasons. You can just say no. You know, again, uh, I'll probably bring up my brother again, oftentimes, but um, <laughs> my brother, he helps me. He, he gave me uh, a little, um, what is that called? Like a little uh, formula to use whenever I'm saying no. There's three parts. So the first thing is saying no. 
The second thing is saying, thank you for thinking of me and offering or whatever. And the third thing is, if you can, pivot to someone else. (laughs) (laughs) So then it's like, redirect. (laughs) Yeah, redirect. And so, no, thank you for thinking of me. (laughs) But I think Mandy would be great for that. (laughs) What? How did I get brought into this? I like the classic redirection, though. That's great. Yeah. So so I've been practicing that formula. (laughs) Not in my direction, I hope. No, but since you're sitting in front of me, I wanted to uh, use you as an example. Mm -hmm. Great. The next time a hot guy asks you out, you feel free to be like, no, thank you for asking. I think Mandy would be a perfect choice. I can definitely do that. I'm a, I think I'm a very good, would that be in the, like the, the role and responsibilities of like a wing woman for you? It would. Yes. Yes. I would love to be a A wing wing woman woman and matchmaker. Ooh, yeah. I've told some people like, I mean, I haven't really been in the realm of dating in a minute, but like. Uh, I've told people in the past, I'm like, I'm totally willing to be set up. There are some people who's, I, who I just can't trust because they're, they just like, they just think any single person is mm-hmm. viable option. And it's like, no, single isn't a thing I need to cure. Mm-mm. No, not, not you. You don't get to pick, but you <laughs> but like trusted people, you know, like you, yes. I, Jess Hutchins, one of our mm-hmm. former guests, like she and I were chatting one day and I was like, uh, yeah, totally feel free to set me up. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh my God, like. She's like, I don't know that many people and it's COVID anymore, but okay, that's so, oh my gosh. She's like, I'm so excited. And I'm like, she's good people. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to ask some dirtbag to set me up. But but that's the other thing too. Like, you know, if you are wanting to, or open to the idea of being set up, like, don't be afraid to actually ask for what you want or, you know, you got to throw it out in the universe. And sometimes that requires you kind of speaking up and letting your people that you trust say, hey, I would totally be open if you ever see or meet someone that you think might be a good fit for me let me know like please keep me in mind when you run across anyone that you might think might work out with the two of us or whatnot 100 percent. but throw that out into the universe because just because we're like you know i know like our very first piece of advice is like don't get married in your <laughs> 20s but it doesn't mean that we're against marriage it means like you know you want to find someone whoever you're going to end up marrying be that, you know, you want that person to be compatible with you, right? Like, mm-hmm. and the people that you love and love you and the people that you trust and trust, you know, you, they're going to have your best interests in, in mind as well. And so them keeping an eye out for you, for a good person that might, might fit you well, that's, it's going to be the, one of the best places to, to reach out to and, and find someone that's compatible Who knows you better you. than your good friends? Yeah. Your longtime friends know you the best mm-hmm. and like, they'll be the ones to see somebody and they'll go oh my gosh like I could totally see this that's why when you've dated somebody for a while you want to make sure they meet your friends and family so that you know you're not seeing somebody for more than a month like if we're dating a few weeks and I'm comfortable with you like you need to meet my friends I need to make sure you're not a psycho like I know I need to know you know how to handle people in social Mm -hmm. situations and go out with people and yeah that's like a pretty early test for me yeah this is a little off topic but along the same lines it's like (laughs) Do you think it's a red flag when they don't want to meet your friends and family? Like, I I feel yeah. like it's never been an issue for me until my most recent relationship where, like, I've had to convince someone to meet my friends. It, I had never thought, like, it was such a big deal because it's so natural that... First of all, you're a snack. I'm a snack. We're a catch. If somebody, like doesn't want to meet our like obviously our friends are going to be just as high caliber as we are 
And yeah. if somebody didn't want to meet them, I'd be like, what are you hiding? Are you like in the mm-hmm. witness protection program or are you a literal like sociopath? Like uh, it's, it's a huge red flag to me if you're like, I don't want to meet your friends or, oh, it's yeah. too soon. Like I was first dating somebody and we were not dating for very long and it was like Christmas. And I was like, oh, that feels a little bit early for like a big old family function at Christmas, especially when Christmas isn't like a big deal to me and it's a huge deal for them. I was like, no, I'm going to pass. But like, thank you. Maybe next year if you're still around. See, look at that. No, thank you. And pivot to next year. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Bump this out 365 days. Can we touch base? (laughs) I love it. I love it. Let's touch base in about 360 days. Okay. I'll let you know. Awesome. Okay, so give me your what what big piece of advice would you give your younger self? Um, the first one that I was thinking about is I would tell myself that you can change your mind after making decisions. Oh my god, I love it. You can change your mind. Huge. Because I think and I think back to when I was, you know, transitioning from high school to college and college to the real world, I put so much pressure and I'm also going to say like my family put a lot of pressure. Society put a lot of pressure on, you know, if you don't pick a great college, your entire future is going to be ruined kind of thing. Like, you know, or if you don't pick the right major. Yeah. And I remember this was one, like I remember in college, I went through a lot of anxiety because I could not pick a major and I went through seven or eight different majors and I had to talk myself into saying like, it's okay to change my mind because if I pick the wrong major, I also don't want, you know, my, my future ruined. But so if I'm going to change my mind at any time, I need to change it now, not like down the road. And so I allowed myself permission to say, Hey, you know what? This major isn't working out this semester. Next semester, I'm going to switch to a different major. And if I need to take a little bit more time, I will. But it's okay, like once I make a decision that I can change my mind, I can go back to a different potential answer. Like there's no one right way to do or one right decision. What's right is what you choose after you've thought things through and that you then once you make a decision, if you want to change your mind, you can still make change your mind. Like I think uh, when I was trying to figure out what I want to do in my life, I was like, I have to pick a career right now for the rest of my life. And somehow along the line, a husband forever. It's like, what? I'm 20 years old. I don't know what I want to do forever. And then I don't know what happened, but I think I talked to some people and I learned like, you know what? I'm going to start with something that I know I'm going to love. And if I'm in my thirties, forties, fifties down the, like down the road, I can change my mind down the road. Like I don't have to be a dentist for the rest of my life. I can still change careers. I think that was one of the biggest lessons I, I had to tell myself or teach myself. Chapter one. Yeah. It's hard to see that though. Oh yeah. 20. When you're 20, 21, I'm like, do I, do I commit and go to dental school and then be stuck being a dentist? I think that was it too. Like I, I had this pressure. I was like, am I really going to be stuck being a dentist? And then I, some, somehow I was like, well, I know I want to be a dentist now. So why don't I just start there? And then be open to the idea that something along the way, along the journey, if I some, you know, if I don't want to be a dentist anymore, I can redirect and I can change my mind. Miley, I'm so glad 
you did decide to become a dentist because otherwise I wouldn't have known you. Aww, you wouldn't likewise. have come to ASDO and I never would have yeah. had you pop into class as a little baby D2, like D3. And then we wouldn't be here today like nine years later. Whatever it is. Something like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten years. I don't know. It's been a while. It has been a while. Um, also, I want to say this makes me think of like the whole fear paralysis, mm-hmm. like fear of um, it's like a perfectionism thing. All these little things kind of popped up in my head when you were talking about this. It's like I have to make the perfect decision, make it right now. And then you can get paralyzed by the fear of not making the right decision and make no decision. And you're like, oh, it's like flight free freeze freeze flight or fawn. Yep. It's like oh, frozen. I don't know what to do. I never picked a major. Yeah. All yeah. the time I went to school, I never picked a major. I never graduated either. Two-time <laughs> two dropout, everyone. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that's a choice, too, and that's okay, too, right? Like, you can still change your mind and you know if you wanted to. I think the other thing, I think, uh, were you trying to say, like, analysis paralysis, kind of? Um, the flight freeze thing, but paralysis, is, it's like the, the freezing, like, fear, mm-hmm. like, just freezes you, and you're, like, paralyzed. You can't make a, yeah, you can't make a decision because you, like, are afraid you're going to pick the wrong one, so then you just don't choose anything, and they're, like, yep. uh. Well, that's that's one of the, you know, I actually talked about this earlier this week with one of our residents oh. because one of our residents, this is the time where they're tr- they're ending the residency, and they're trying to find a job, yeah. and they are so afraid of picking the, like, they're interviewing at a bunch of places, and they're so afraid of picking an office to work at because, what if it doesn't work out? And I and I remember when I was transitioning from residency to the real world, working world, one of my mentors told me like, don't have these ex- this expectation that the first job you work at is gonna be the only job you ever work at. If you approach it as this is the, a stepping stone job or this is a first job before a lot of other jobs, then that you, you reduce that stress of expecting that this decision is going to determine the rest of your career, right? And so like I was sharing with this resident about how like you don't feel like you, if you, uh, if you pick one office that you're missing out on another office. If you start with one job and it doesn't work out or this one office, it doesn't work out, you can change your mind and go to a different office. You don't have to stay at this office for the rest of your life try this one job out. If it doesn't work out, you have the option to change your mind and go work somewhere else. Because I think the resident was sharing with me that they were nervous about, well, what happens if it doesn't work out? Like I have to talk to them about leaving. And I was like, then you talk to them about leaving. This is why you shouldn't get married in your twenties. You can't even imagine leaving a job. How are you going to face difficult things in relationships? Yeah, that makes sense too. Holy heck. Yeah. But you also get the opportunity to learn more yeah. about yourself, right? So you have again, to face yeah. this hard shit. Like you get a job you don't like, you have to sit with yourself and you have to like go to people and figure out yeah. the tools and learn how to communicate yeah. your needs. Learn how, learn how to talk. Good God. You can't <laughs> communicate your freaking needs and like, yeah. like this isn't working out for me and like thank you for the opportunity. Like you said, like the no, the thank you and then blah, blah, and then blah, blah. Say, yeah. And then change your mind about it and then go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. That like... Don't, I guess my main thing is like, don't put so much pressure on one decision and that once you make that decision, you're stuck with that decision. You can change your mind after you make a decision. So if you've already said yes to the ring, you can still not go through the wedding. Yeah. (laughs) And if you do go as far as marriage, you can still say, you know what? This marriage doesn't work out for me. I want a divorce. Yeah. Like you can change your mind. We really need to wait on kids. (laughs) (laughs) But that goes for, you know, jobs. That goes for any any decision Change you make in life. Mind. 
you can change your mind and it's okay to change your mind. Life changes, life, you know, like you grow. And again, I think that's part of it too. Like I think the decisions and the mindset that you have in your thirties or forties is going to be different than when, you know, 10 years before. And so you want to be mindful that you're continuously growing and that you can change your mind. I like that you brought this to like a work vibe with that little, with that advice story for your younger self. Because the next thing I was thinking of is work less. But when you do work, work with intention. Take the vacation days, work less. Like I just see a lot of hustle culture and people are like, go, 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 grind, grind, grind. And I think you have a story that you probably resonate a little with this. I know like it wasn't necessarily me in my 20s when I was screwing up and being married, but like later on, then it was like work, work, work. Like I, I, honestly though, for a couple of years in private practice, I barely took a vacation, but I didn't have, honestly, I wasn't married to somebody who liked to travel and liked to do things and wasn't like super wanting to explore the world. One of many reasons why we were not suited for each other, but like I barely took vacations at all. And I don't know, I guess now I'm like, give me all the vacation. You aren't going to use your vacation days? I'll take them. I don't give a shit. Like, I'll take I, I, I literally said, I was like, I think I want to work like six weeks on and then have 10 days off and then work six weeks on and then have 10 days off. I'm like, how many weeks of vacation do I need every year to make that happen? Like eight? I'm like, ooh, that's a lot. <laughs> well, another thing that I was thinking of is how many, I was taking a look at my vacation days and seeing if I could cut my work week down so that I could have three day weekends instead of, you know, two day yeah. weekends or, you know, instead of longer vacations, just. Or you just quit that other side job. Yeah. Well, you know. And you have three day weekends. Yes and no. I got lots of, I got lots of part-time, part-time. Uh, That's me. I project, I'd just be know, cutting passions. down one to build yeah. up another. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be taking time off to do that. But that's like a big thing for me. I'm like, take the vacation. Yeah. There's no reward when you're laying in the casket for the number of work days. That or you, work hours. Work hours. Yeah. There's no reward. Like there's no gold star. There's no competition. No one's going to be like, no one's going to be sitting around at your funeral or your wake or your whatever they call the like little after parties people have these days, <laughs> whatever, celebration of life. No one's going to be hanging out going, man, I just love that she worked so much. It was really pleasant not getting to know her. You know, when you said that the, you know, work with intention, it made me think of, you know, the whole, you know, everybody talks about like work smarter, yeah. but more so in my mind, it made me feel or think about the concept of learning how to delegate and trust other people, Ooh. right? So one of the things, and this wasn't on my list, but now that you mentioned work with intention, yeah. you have strengths and you have weaknesses. And if there are work tasks that you're not strong in, learn how to delegate those tasks that, uh, you know, to people who uh, have strengths in that, right? Yeah. So you're working with intention so that you can achieve your goal, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to actually do the work. Enlist the help of people who have strengths where you have weaknesses, but more so it's a great way to not only work smarter or work with intention for yourself, but it includes your ability to collaborate with others and it involves other people. And the thing is what I've come to learn is, you, you know, I think the other day you had said, you know, if you want to go far. If you want to go fast, fast, go alone. Go alone. 
if you want to go far, go together, go together. And, uh, and I really liked that because people love to be part of a team. They want to feel like they are um, valued and that they're able to contribute. So if you have something that, you know, you can include other team members in, include them because not only are you getting your work done, but you're giving someone else an opportunity to contribute and people feel valued when they are able to contribute. I like the way you phrase that. You're giving someone else an opportunity to contribute. That's a great phrasing. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I'm trying, I remind myself a lot because sometimes I it's feel like I have to do everything. talk too. Like that's yeah. just really nice, positive talk. It's not like, it's not as selfish. You're very, the, the way you phrase that is very, um, altruistic, I guess. It's like, yes, I'm taking some of the work off of my plate, which makes me a better person. It makes this whole thing work better when I'm not trying to do things that I don't know how to do. But it's also like giving someone else the opportunity to be a part of your thing. And I think we're about a lot of that on this yeah. podcast. We well, yeah. And I think for me, I've gone so many years in my 20s doing what <laughs> you did. Like I worked and worked and worked and I worked not because I wanted to necessarily to work 80 hours a week, but I felt like I gave my own self pressure that I had to do everything myself. And if I didn't know how to do something, I was responsible for learning how to do it. But what I've come to learn is like, I don't have to know everything and I don't have to learn everything. And if there's something I don't know, like give it to somebody else who's more excited to do it. And it doesn't mean that I'm any less worthy of the job position that I have or that I'm not doing my job. I think sometimes part of it was like, it's my responsibility to do it. It's on under my, you know, my roles and responsibilities, but really I can, I don't have to feel like I have to do everything myself. Oh, asking for help is huge. And like you saying, I don't have to know how to do everything. I wanted to like stand up and applaud. Like, I mean, I can't really right now because I'm tied down with microphone and headphones <laughs> and stuff. But like, I was just want to like stand up and like, woo, and like cheer and clap and like the whole thing. That's such a, I mean, that's a light bulb, right? The minute you realize I don't have to know how to do everything. 20 other people around here who probably can do this if I just ask for some help. Yeah. And asking for help has also been a huge lesson that I've come to learn yeah. um, that it's, it doesn't make you any less of the worker that you are any less valuable to the organization that you're working for the office or wherever that you know like it doesn't make you less or weak right you know and i think i've had to rethink or retrain my thinking and approach to telling myself like i'm not weak by asking for help i'm actually you know i can focus more on the things i'm good at mm -hmm. and give those other things to other people that might be better at it. And, and it's a great way for me to build a relationship with other people. It's cute. There's, I've definitely been on the side of, um, like with an employer where I'm the one who knows how to do everything. Yet there are people making more money above me, asking me how to do the things that I feel that they should know how to do. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm teaching you how to do this. Yeah. So I've been on that side too, but like, I mean, to be honest, it's, it's just, it's workplace culture. And it's like you, mm -hmm. every leader has to figure out their spot. And it's like, you know, asking for the help isn't, isn't a bad thing. It's like, you need to figure out how to do your job. Obviously, if someone else, if other people are all doing your job, that's a totally yeah, different. That's totally different. If other people are doing what you're responsible for, like everything that you're responsible for. Mm, if you're a poser yeah. at work. 
Yeah. That's an issue. But like asking for help to be like, how do I do this for future reference so that I know what I'm looking for? Like, that's a totally different thing. I rely on my team every day for like stuff. I'm like, hey, so I was doing this and it made me think, but like, that's because we're all part of a team and Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that I'm making decisions and helping them move forward in the best way possible. And yeah, anyways, work less. Yeah. You know, and when you said that, it kind of made me think of another thing or piece of advice that I did have on my list, which, you know, working less is an example of taking care of yourself. It is. right. And one of the things that I would tell my younger self is to really take time to take better care of myself. When you work so much, sometimes you're like, okay, I'll skip lunch today because I need to work more. Or, you know, you're not as mindful to drink enough water. And I always go to basics when I'm talking about taking care of myself because I am guilty of not drinking enough water because I'm going from patient to patient to patient and I don't have time to drink water or I don't have time to eat lunch. Um, And one thing that I also am guilty of, but more so is because I have so many passion projects. Like I'd rather not sleep because I'd stay up late working on all the things that make me excited. Tisk, but tisk, tisk. you know, you know, you and I both have talked about being more mindful of our sleep. Like we, yes. we use our smartwatches to measure our sleep and, and things like that. So learning how to um, stop yourself yeah. and actually uh, go to sleep and, and get good rest, right? Take vacation because you need that, that mental reset. You need that, uh, that mental break. Um, and then the fourth part of, you know, when I say take better care of myself, like, you know, the first thing is like drink water, make sure you're hydrating yourself, eat when yeah. you should, uh, and then, you know, sleep. But the fourth thing is like taking care of your body by, um, with exercise movement. Yeah. With movement. Uh, you know, Growing up, I didn't really have anyone that taught me the importance or even how to exercise or work out or do stretches. And as you get older, your body is aging and your body is growing older. So start young and develop the habit of, you know, stretching, uh, you know, exercising, because it's so important to make not just your, you know, keep your muscles moving, but it's so important for your organs, like your heart, especially to, uh, experience physical stress because it does strengthen the heart and it, it, it's all full circle with your health. Right. And so start young and develop good habits of physical exercise. Yeah. With stretch and, um, flexibility Mm, is actually mm -hmm. really, really important. And, it's one of those things that's very true. If you don't use it, you lose it. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's a great PT I follow on Instagram called Doc Jen Fit. Um, a lot of people, she has like probably a million followers by now, but she's fantastic. And like she has mobility. Ooh. Um, they're called like mobility challenges and mobility, uh, all sorts of little like masterminds for mobility. And it's like the stuff she does, I'm like, ooh, I can like almost do that. It's just like even so simple as like propping up on your toes and sitting on the balls of your feet, like squatting down like that. It's like just ankle mobility is so huge for how you move through life every day. And like Mm -hmm. your toes should be able to move like independently and sort of roll. Mm. Like her mobility stuff is so phenomenal. I just, but what you're saying there, that the movement piece is so, so important. Like you need to get your blood moving. You need to get a heart rate up. You need to get some cardio. You need to be able to be flexible. Like I mean, you're just risking yeah. injury and exactly again, you don't use it, you lose it. And if you, you want all your joints replaced at some point, yeah. then fine, don't. And, and nourish your body, right? Like you can't, you can't be flexible if you're not hydrating yourself. 
you you know you, your body is is not going to be well enough or strong enough if you aren't eating properly um if you're not sleeping enough like your your mental health is going to be affected but not only your mental health like if you have sleep problems it can lead to cardiac issues like there's so yeah. many people out there that have high blood pressure because they're not sleeping well enough like they're not getting enough oxygen to their brain or their heart so their heart develops you know, secondary hypertension. And so it's so, crazy. it's so, and it's actually undiagnosed second. Like you think it's primary, like you think you just have high blood pressure, but the high blood pressure is actually because you're not getting enough oxygen. And so it, wow. again, like all of that, like I, I wish I had started earlier in life knowing how to properly stretch and I'm still learning, but I, I wish I had started when I was a lot younger, like in high school or even before then, like I wish I had developed a better habit a lot earlier. I think I would have assumed there was more like yoga in your house or like yoga type of practices because you always talk about like Buddhism mm -hmm. and like tofu and like just all these other things that I sort of lump into that realm I guess I would have just assumed there were like some downward dogs happening and not necessarily <laughs> yoga because uh my mom does we we haven't my mom doesn't have any formal knowledge of yoga but growing up my dad taught us and my mom talked a lot about different back stretches because we do have a family history of um severe back issues okay and so I did do back stretches but we didn't know about yoga or Pilates until I was in high school or college. Like, so my back is stretched, but the rest of me is yeah. <laughs> The rest of me is exactly. just frozen in place. Mm -hmm. I'm like the Tin Man. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, that my bit, you know, my my piece of advice for everyone is to take care of your body and your mind. And you can just yeah. start very basic. Like I, you know, focus on hydrating, focus on eating properly, focus on uh, sleeping and focus on movement. Genius. It's, I, I'm surprised. Honestly, I'm surprised I don't have anything about food on my list. But again, we didn't plan this, y'all. I mean, we planned some of this, but like, I did not realize that this topic of Miley's would, again, lead ah. me so beautifully into the next one that I have written down, which is do more therapy. Oh my gosh. Fuck yes. <laughs> That's a hell yes or a hell fuck yes. <laughs> how does this work? Like, it's all the curse yes. words, yes. <laughs> Miley's like, I'm still learning how to curse. It's fine. I am. I'm learning. Um, damn, shit, fuck, hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> she just blurts them all out. I'm just bl blurting, blah, 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 blah. I'm just blurting as many curse words as I know out. Really cute. But yeah, do more therapy. So like this didn't, or group work, whatever, mm. either way, maybe you do like a, a free 12 step or a, huh. um, there are lots of group programs that are available for like low or no cost at all. But find a therapy, like yeah. find a, some way to talk it out. Even if you don't think you have shit, you probably have shit that you haven't seen yet. And like just a little bit of exposure here and there to therapy, like even going through tough times in college, yeah. early on in your work career, early on in a relationship, early on in a relationship is the best time to do some therapy together or individually to figure out your shit. And maybe your therapist will say like, oh, I really need both of you to come in here so I can like kind of assess a little bit more. But like do more therapy, like that didn't happen for me. It was, it's still relatively unknown concept in my family to seek therapy. Like it's stuff other people do, right? And thank goodness it's becoming much more mainstream and people are accepting this and open and talk about it more. But this wasn't something I discovered until I was like 35. And wow. It's kind of funny. Fuck. You say 35 and 
I, I mean, I just started therapy this year as well. I'm 34 going on 35. Yeah. But, um, Isn't that wild. We, can you, can you just imagine, like, imagine if I had this five years sooner? Yeah. Even two years sooner. Oh, like, if it's you're a, 30 and you yeah. haven't had any therapy yet, you're really missing out. Like, I'm not telling you you need help, but you need help. And you're, <laughs> <laughs> and you're really missing out. Like, it is, it's it's hard to even describe the impact that it can have on you to have someone sort of outside like a third objective party, objective thank you a third party like objective view of your situation and sort of feed it back to you in ways that helps you understand it a little bit more so like that's really my next my my big thing is like do more therapy because like it's a part of that self-help self-love self-care and and self-reflection and self-awareness right yeah i think you know one of the reasons why i finally I mean, I kind of knew I needed therapy or that I wanted therapy, but it wasn't until I experienced something really traumatic in my life last year that I was like, okay, I, I need to get therapy because I was going through a mental crisis where I was, I had a great support system. I had losing great friends. Yeah, I was losing my shit <laughs> and I was losing my shit to my friends and family and they are wonderful. Like you were definitely and have been, but you were definitely there for me and still have been there for me. But, uh, and many of my other friends and family and everyone is telling you something because they love you, but it, it's true too, right? But sometimes it's so hard to believe the truth from your friends and family because they love you. And hearing that same truth from someone who doesn't love you, <laughs> you they know, love you as a human on the planet, exactly, but, but like they don't love you because they're friends with you they're or not gonna, like, family share a bowl of soup yeah, with you. Right. No, but like they, they're object, they can provide an objective perspective where maybe hearing the truth from them is a little bit more believable because they don't have that connection to you as a friend or family. It hits different. It does. And, and then knowing like, again, I also didn't want to keep losing my shit to people that I love. I was, it was so nice to know that I could lose my shit with this stranger and not really a stranger. Cause you get to know them really well, or, yeah. or actually they get to know you very well. I have a great therapist now that we actually do get to know each other really well. And, um, but because we get to know each other, like it actually helps me because I trust her more. And she actually shares with me some of the trauma and experiences she's been through. And then I can feel like, Oh, you actually do understand what I'm going through. But it's so nice to be able to say like, you're telling me this, not because you're my friend or my family, like you're telling me the truth. And it's exactly what my, you know, my, my good friend Mandy tells me, but it's so much easier to believe. And I do believe you, Mandy. I, I do. Get it, I get it. I get it. But yeah, it's so nice to hear it from someone who like doesn't love you in that way. But it, it's also just like, a, you, there's also a little bit of like this doctor is telling exactly. me this thing. And like yeah. to be told that by someone who is literally like trained and certified and practiced with clinical hours and has more tools than even your most equipped friends and family it's it's a good it's a great resource like honestly if you if you haven't hit the therapy chair i cannot recommend it enough it's so nice like it's actually like a great what is that uh phrase release like, release off of your shoulders what, what yeah, is the load off your weight uh, yeah weight off your shoulders yeah, a <laughs> monkey off your back yeah it it's just nice to to have that a different kind of support too yeah. right so yeah and i i ended up finding um group work through Al-Anon because mm -hmm. when I ex went through a program and that was just like, 
that was sort of the beginning of it for me. And then I was just like, wow, there's other people going through this too. Yeah, you're not alone. That's another big message. Like, you're not alone. Yeah. Like, you your, you don't have struggle, to do this alone either. Your struggle is not unique. I hate to fucking break it to <laughs> you, but it's not that unique. It's not that it's not worthy or it's not that it's not a struggle. But guess what? It's not that unique. There's a lot of people this stuff happens to. And that's the good news. Like, it is. it's the good news. It means that there are resources, there are people, there are things out there. Like, like because you're not alone in this, like, yeah. You don't have to do this alone and you can get through that. Like whatever it is, you will get through it and you will learn from it. You will learn about yourself. You will become such a more enlightened person. The realization that what you're experiencing is called humanness and it's just a messy part of being a human is light bulb, like light bulbs, fireworks, the whole fucking thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like it. So more therapy. Yes. Try it. Try it. And, if you haven't and yet. If you are, I will say, if you are uh, working with you know at a place that gives you employee benefits, oh yeah. Oftentimes many of those benefit packages include counseling sessions. Like that's how I started. Like I went through something and like I it was like in the middle of clinic and I was in tears in the bathroom. I was like, okay, this has got to stop. And oh, I yeah. pulled up my Cigna insurance website and I found the first available therapist that would see me the next day because I was like, this has got and part of it is like you have to want it as right. well. Like therapy doesn't work unless you give your like you allow yourself to be a vulnerable, that you allow yourself to be open to it and that it, 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 it can help, right? So you gotta be open to it. But if you are open to it and you work for a facility that offers you medical benefits, your medical benefit package probably includes some number of uh, therapy sessions. Like ours is like three sessions, but then you can also request more after that. If you're on the fence and you're like, I don't know if I need therapy or therapy is right for me, think like, is any part of my life feeling unmanageable? And that's something you can talk with the therapist. You don't have to come to the therapist's office or the counselor's office with like, okay, today I want to talk about this, this, and this, like, this is my problem. Like, no, 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 no. You don't have to know what your problems are. You can even talk to your therapist. Like, let, like, I'm interested in therapy. I know that it helps. How can I, uh, where do I start? Like, let's talk about some areas in my life and let's figure out where. Like I'm feeling stuck here or this keeps coming up for me or. I'm feeling like I'm not growing in this regard. And then you just get down to it. They'll ask questions and help you process through that and figure out where you're stuck. And we've talked about all kinds of therapy. There's talk therapy, hypnotherapy, um, past life transgression Mm -hmm. stuff. Like listen to a few of our episodes, Heather Schneider, Stasia Ashna, um, uh, Dr. Angela Henslow Mm -hmm. uh, with the ASMR and the different types of therapies. There's so many types of therapies out there. You can find one that will help you. Try one. If it doesn't work, resonate, then try something else. Yes. But you're not alone. And the more you look for ways to get to know yourself more, the better you can do and be. 100%. What else you got? Um, My last thing that I have is to laugh more. I think for me, I, I grew up in a home that was very serious. It was all about, you know, focusing on education, focusing on how you can, you know, take care of the family, take care of each other, like, and, and focus on your future, like work hard for a better future. And, um, I, I have learned that laughter is such a great 
medicine that I, and, and, I, and I'm not a very funny person. So I would encourage you that if you're not a funny person, look for people <laughs> that are funny and surround yourself. Like I surround myself with Mandy because she, <laughs> she has such a great perspective on everything. And she makes me laugh every day every hour of every day whenever I'm with her. So surround yourself with people, surround yourself with things that make you laugh. So like TV shows or um, things that make you happy that, that bring a smile to your face. Because the thing is life is fucking hard. It is, <laughs> it is so hard. So surround yourself with people and things, hobbies and passions that, that make you happy and that make you laugh because life is hard and serious enough. There's a laugh lot more. of shit in life, man. Life mm -hmm. is hard and like, I'm one of those people who, uh, you know, I probably to be, you know, there's, I think there's natural abilities within all of us and there are things we can learn, right? Like some people are like Kobe Bryant, born to play basketball, not to mention he is a, a, a hard worker bee. He, he develops his talent, right? But there's an innate talent that was born within him. Like, I think like some people are born with a little bit of a funny bone, but I think I developed that as like a coping mechanism because there was a lot of, there were a lot of, I didn't grow up in a space where it was like tough and too serious, but there were serious things happening and there were serious generational traumas happening to where the vibe, maybe I felt needed lightning a lot. And I, I think I developed a sense, more sense of humor or really developed like, I don't know. I, I also, I just, I enjoy comedies. Like I watch funny things. I watch funny movies. I enjoy the art of comedy, the timing, the facial expressions, mm -hmm. the tone, the volume. Like I just really like for whatever reason, when I hear things and I see things, I remember them. I like understand the delivery and why it hit the way it did. And like just shit like that just is intriguing to me. And I find it fun and fascinating. And I, I like to, you know, then work it into my everyday life <laughs> to like make other people laugh when they weren't expecting it. Um, but you know, some of that laughter and like, I was never the class clown. I wasn't the kid who was like making laughs to like bury my pain or anything. But like, I mean, some of that was really probably developed to lighten the mood because there were tough things happening yeah. around me too. Yeah. So I like that. And that because of that, you bring laughter to so many people. So well, thank you. You I'm said a thankful. lot of very nice things to me and I appreciate it. I love you. Oh, it's just the truth. <laughs> and that's, but it reinforces my advice, which is learn to identify ways to fill your life with more laughter. I agree. I, I My last like final closing, whatever last thing I have written down was like kind of a funny one. Not even so much. It, it is a little bit looking back like advice to the younger me, but every now and then I look at Facebook memories. Mm hmm and when I look back, I'm like, dude, I was such a snack. What? You're still a snack. Uh, uh. I own it much more now yeah. than I did then mm -hmm. though, right? Like now I'm, I'm fully inhabiting this body and this me and this personality and like all of my quirks and what you might call flaws or what I would call character defects. Like I work on them and I own them and I'm just like, I'm about it. And like, it's part of me. I want to make it better, that kind of thing. But like, but like the physical loving yourself for women, I think, and probably for guys too, but for girls, I feel like it's so hard to do it in is. your 20s mm -hmm. that like, dude, if I could go back and be like, bitch, stop, yeah. eat, eat, eat the sandwich. Like, don't worry about it. Wear the shorts, wear the short skirt. Yeah. Like, do if it makes you feel good, flaunt it. Do it. Whether or not you know you have it right now, you do. <laughs> yeah. 
don't be afraid to be yourself. Like if that's, if you want to wear those shorts, like wear them. If you want to eat that, eat it. A hundred percent. Like worry, just, just worry so much less about outside impression Mm -hmm. and like people putting their shit on you. And like, if people are thinking something about your physical appearance, that's a reflection of them, not you. And I think that's what I mean by like, you know, trust your intuition, right? Like trust yourself more. I can't even say trust your intuition because my intuition was all fucked up when I was young. My intuition didn't know shit. I mean, that's uh, like no more. That's so obvious in the relationships that I would choose to be in. My intuition was off. So I literally could not trust my intuition. But your intuition develops over time, right? So like anything, like if you ignore the, it's for me, it's practicing how to listen to yourself. And so like, I think in my twenties, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't willing to listen to myself more because I was afraid. Yeah. And I think if I had started a little bit earlier to trust myself more, to listen to my intuition, it would have developed a lot quicker or better, more efficient, I guess. And maybe it's not even that my intuition was fucked. It was more like, I knew I didn't want to get married. I've said this story on here before. I knew I didn't want to get married that day. I was like, no, walking down the aisle, you know, (laughs) like no in my head. But it was, it, it was more like, like choosing those relationships. It was like, um, I heard this on a Mark Groves talk. It's like uh, eroticizing the thing that hurt you. Mm. So it's like I was abandoned by my father, right, as a young kid. Like, I don't know about abandoned, but like abandoned. Uh, he let, cheated on my mother and they split up and then he was gone. And like we saw him, you know, that child custody bullshit mm-hmm. that they did in the 80s, 90s. Like, but so that fear of abandonment or not even a fear of abandonment, but that pattern of being abandoned, I recreated that. And like, I found that in people who I knew I couldn't rely on, who would probably abandon me or abandoned me emotionally, would abandon me in other ways, maybe not physically, like leave me. Like I was always the one ending relationships, but that fear of abandonment or that pattern of being abandoned or emotionally abandoned, maybe more so than physically abandoned, I repeated that because I just didn't know. And it's just really about like digging in and learning. It's kind of like figuring out your shit. Like I knew at a young age, like why do I keep choosing people like this? I'm doing something here. Like I just didn't know why. And again, this is why I'm screaming, go get some fucking therapy. I don't know why I didn't get therapy 10 years before I did. If I did, I would have figured this shit out so much sooner. I mean, who knows where my life would be today, but I might not be here talking to you all, but I might, I might be, I might just be even more enlightened than I already am. But that's what I mean. Like, you know, you have these thoughts. But we didn't act on them, right? Oh, like, yeah. And I think that's what I mean by intuition. Like, if you have thoughts about something, like, trust, trust. your thoughts. Like, yeah. you know, sometimes it's we, hard to do we, that when you haven't been exactly been patter- right. given an example exactly. of that, of someone who's like, what do you feel is right within you? I mean, my mom wasn't sitting me down going, what do you, what do you feel in your yeah. soul? What's in your heart, yeah. babe? Yeah, like, no, 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 no. That's what that, I, that's what I mean. Yeah, so you were doing everything you were supposed to do, and you should do, and you felt you needed to do to keep the peace and to mm-hmm, be a good mm-hmm. this and to go get this and get this grade and da 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 and make sure you're everything for everybody else. And they were like, "Fuck what you're thinking. No one wants to know yeah. what's in your gut and your heart. Go get the good. Go get the degree. Go get the job. Go get the man." Yep, exactly. All true. I'm <laughs> <laughs> ranting. No, no, this is awesome. Well, we hope some of this resonated with you. And uh, if you have any pieces of advice that you'd give to your younger self, please reach out. Give us a shout out on our uh, Instagram and comment on what advice you would give to your younger self. You can find us at 
Instagram at the Main Dish Podcast, Facebook at the Main Dish Pod, uh, and on not on Twitter. I mean, you can, you can find <laughs> us on Twitter, but you—I mean, you know how to find us on. No one's looking. But even if you don't want to comment on Twitter, please jump on Twitter and just follow us. Uh, you can also go to our website www.themaindishpodcast.com. Um, yeah, so go out there yeah. and fuck some things up. Fuck up. Fuck up. Just fuck up. Who cares? That's all I'm saying. Sometimes fucking up is the best way to learn something. A hundred percent. Yeah. Anyways, please do, um, you know, if anything resonated with you in this episode, please share it with anyone that you think might help. And uh, we really appreciate you joining us this week. And uh, we love, love that you're part of this community. We'll see you next week. Love you. Love you too.